Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Wednesday, June 23rd. Uh, yesterday was a continued kind of a bounce back day, um, even after Monday. So, so some good things there. What will happen today? Hey, we're getting really towards the end of the quarter. Not much in the way of earnings. Um, economic news is kind of slow trickling out right now. So not a lot to really drive the markets. But Dave and I will talk about a few things that we believe could still be affecting the market, including Bitcoin. Good morning, Dave. H41 here. It's 19 before 9 at your 105.7 Light FM. Every morning at this time, we check in to see what's going on on Wall Street because it affects you. Everything you don't have stuffed in an old sock someplace. And, well, because you're not gaining anything on that, it affects that as well. Let's check in with Statler Financial Services' very own Philip Statler this morning to see what's happening. Philip, how are you today? Hey, good morning, David. Doing well today. Um, it's, uh, yesterday wasn't, Hey, it was an okay day. You can't complain, right? The, uh, I believe the NASDAQ actually hit a, a new record high. Oh, cool. I didn't look at the intradays on the thing, but yeah, it was up 112 points yesterday. The other two blue chip indexes basically were a routine day. Dow was up by 20, by 0.2%, up 68. Standard and Poor's was up by about a half a percent, up 21 and a half. All in all, it looked like a relatively routine day on Wall Street, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. It really did. Uh, you know, some nice numbers come in. Uh, nothing drastic across the boards. Uh, just kind of a nice, flat, you know, easy moving up day. Um, we are still seeing, though, that uh, currently the, the Dow is still suffering a little bit of a loss over the last uh, seven days. Um, the S&P finally has, the last seven days has gotten to zero, and the NASDAQ's obviously um, in, in the green. And looking at the last couple of days, if we can just get the politicians to shut their pie holes for a while, we can trade normally and might be able to go back up a little bit. Affecting the markets yesterday, and I'm looking at a little bit of bump mid-morning uh, in the Dow future and in the Dow performance yesterday. Looks like that might have been existing home sales. We got a little reassurance that things are on track yesterday morning, didn't we? We did. Yeah, about 10 o'clock, the existing home sales came out for the month of May, uh, <clears throat> up uh, not up, but came in at 5.8 million. Uh, and that was just a tad better than this uh, 5.73 million that was expected, though it's down just a tad from where it was in April. Did they say why we why, why we were even expecting it to be down in April? Was it just uh, the increase in mortgage rates or what? No, it really didn't. But I got to think it's supply and demand at this point, Dave. I mean, because, you know, more and more people, if they're going to sell their house, they got to have a place to go to. Um, so if you're not leaving the area, it, it's hard to, to sell your house and move someplace in the lo locale that you're at because inventory is so slim. That's right, especially in the uh, end of the houses that, you know, that actually move fast. The, uh, you know, the starter homes and the second homes, they're moving like hotcakes these days. Uh, that, that makes sense. 
Plus, I got to imagine with the price of lumber having gone up, a uh, few construction projects, uh, they're kind of going slow on it, trying to play the supply a little bit, because we're assuming that's just a supply bump on the lumber industry. Well, that, that's true. I mean, I was talking to some folks this morning out doing my walk this morning, and, and they sold their, their place here in three days, and, and now they've got to find a place up north where they're moving up closer to their kids. So, um, you, you know, and they've had three or four that they liked that, um, that, bam, they were sold. They didn't even hit the market before they were sold. So that's the problem. Yeah, these these boom markets are both good and bad. They're good if you're selling because you make good money on it. But, boy, if you're buying, it's almost panic city. Uh, immediately bid more than the asking price, so you can pretty well kiss it goodbye. Uh, the morning information out this morning, the only real uh, uh, bit of government data dump we've got was one of those things that kind of makes you sit up and take notice, the current account deficit number. Uh, it increased 11.7% in the first quarter of this year. Boy, no big surprise the way we've been spending money. But the number and the percentage of our total economy really kind of uh, took me for a loop. Our deficit the government deficit spending is now up to 3.6% of the gross domestic product. That's just current account deficits, and that's up from 3.3% the last quarterly report. When you start getting that kind of a bump up in one quarter, all the things we've been saying about, uh, do you expect a tax increase? Huh? <laughs> Can you say you Mr. Expect inflation? Expect inflation? Yeah, really, coming. And, and that's exactly what it says. And what do they want to do? They want to spend more money they don't have um, coming up in the infrastructure bill and some of the other bills that they have coming through. So um, that number, I fear, is going to continue to grow. Absolutely. I mean, we've got to figure out how to do some of the stuff. And granted, some of it may need doing, but with no thought whatsoever as to how to pay for it, that kind of gets into the point of, uh, you know, the land of, huh, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It does. And so it'll be interesting uh, tomorrow to see what our GDP, our final GDP number comes in at for the first quarter. Yeah, the faster it grows, the lower that percentage on current account deficits, and it's starting to get pretty doggone serious as a percentage. Uh, you had some tidbits coming out. Kind of interesting. One of the big brokerage firms in New York, uh, they're kind of taking a chance here with their customers, aren't they? I got to say, these guys are really, uh, they're bold. Morgan Stanley comes out and, and basically demands, uh, and they're New York and their other, um, there's another office they have, there may be in New Jersey, uh, <clears throat> that they are demanding that employees, clients, anybody that visits their offices there have to be vaccinated, have to prove that they've been vaccinated. So I find that uh, a bold uh, step on their part, and it'll be interesting to see if uh, on a client and an employee perspective, if there's any backlash. Yeah, yeah. With the employees, I can say, okay, fine. It's a private industry. It's a, uh, it's a company. They can make what requirements they want to their workers, and you can argue as to whether or not it's a good idea. That, at the very least, is in the purvey of their rights. But, boy, when you start saying we don't let a customer in the store, and that really is what it is, a store from that standpoint, and you don't let the customers in without a vaccination card, that's, they're, uh, they're kind of cruising for a bruising, I'd imagine, given the state of politics on vaccines, aren't they? Well, let's just let's just know that this is the New York offices. So obviously, um, they have a different slant than some of the other places that we we visit, and uh, and so it, it, maybe it won't ruffle too many feathers, and it'll be okay. I mean, I would think that on two fronts: one, 
uh, as there is such a demand for employees um, in any industry that they may lose some good, valuable employees, may jump ship and go to another brokerage firm, um, and that could not be good. And then if you've got, a, if you've got clients that are large enough, they could make a dent in your uh, top and bottom lines. Well, that was kind of what was going through my mind. I mean, I take this from the standpoint of I am an advocate of getting vaccinated. Don't get me wrong, but I also respect people who decide not to and being able to say, whoa, you can't you're also, come. You're also, an advocate of, you're also an advocate of free choice, right? I mean, you know, hey. that, that, it's my choice what I want to do. So, yeah. Exactly. That's why I say I'm, I'm an advocate, but I respect people of the opposing opinion when they say we don't want your business unless you're vaccinated. That's a, that's kind of an interesting step. And as big as Morgan Stanley is, maybe they figure they can afford to take the risk. I'm guessing so. I mean, I'm thinking that that's <laughs> a, and that's a that's a big risk. It will be interesting to follow that. Absolutely. Um, you know, in three or four months, six months down the road, does that rule change? Um, hey. That will be interesting. And we assume they probably will change as things subside with it, but it's an interesting step. The other item that we've got out there today, if uh, you're one of those folks that uh, bought a little bit of Bitcoin, figuring you were going to take a flyer on it, you might very well be popping some Tums this morning, huh? Yeah, i got to say, Dave, it's uh, interesting news that we've got the uh, Bitcoin uh, <clears throat> sometime between 8 and 10 o'clock last night. Um, they... Uh, the, the Bitcoin dropped below $30,000 for the first time since January. I think it hit like $29,083. I mean, almost less than $29,000. So now don't, don't fret too much. It has bounced back this morning, um, which, is, which is good for, for you Bitcoin folks. It's actually up right now to $33,989. So if you look at the chart, man, it was a wild ride yesterday, last night. Um, I believe if you were yeah. one of those... The bought it when it was near 30. That goes past Tums. That starts hitting Chaopectate time. Yeah, and, you know, Ethereum's the same way. I've, I found a new chart. I may start pulling this up on a regular basis, but it shows the, uh, just to show you the volatility, right? So the Bitcoin in 24 hours is up 13.3%, and you know it was down over 10% at 8 o'clock last night. So, and, and the seven-day change, it follows a seven-day change, is down 14.8%. So, man, it's like, uh, what is it? Um, at Disney World, you used to have that uh, um, Toad's Wild Ride. That's what this is feeling like. <laughs> Too bad there isn't a VIX index for Bitcoin, isn't there? Yeah, but hey, don't worry. I'm sure there's one coming eventually. I got to assume it. Uh, needless to say, it's relatively quiet on the data dump stuff, so we're filling you in local color as to what could affect your money today, including some of the stuff that isn't really money. Uh, there was one report that came out for quarterly earnings, and that's kind of interesting. This is one that was doing pretty well for the last year. Yep, and it continues to do well, Dave, and that's Winnebago. Uh, you know, folks out there want to get out of town they may not want to be closed up in a hotel or a resort, so they want to go camping. And so they have benefited greatly, you know, the last uh, 18 to 24 months uh, because they were they were doing well before COVID really hit. And it just catapulted them even better. Um, they uh, they earned two dollars and 16 cents a share, well above the dollar 77 expected. 
revenue uh, doubled the forecast um, that was expected in, in terms of the percentage increase. Uh, and so they continue to, uh, to keep going. You know, they say total products nearly tripled from a year ago in terms of sales. Um, they're not getting a big bump this morning, but they're already bumping up there. So uh, they closed yesterday up 2.3%, and they're up another seven-tenths of a percent this morning. Not near their 52-week high, though. They're Right now, they're 66.80. Uh, their 52-week high is 87.53. So they got a little ways to go to get there. But they still have growth ahead of them, obviously. That's cool. Yeah. Setting the table again for the morning. Modest upticks yesterday. NASDAQ with a new intraday high in the process. We start that index off at 14.253 this morning. 45 minutes before real money gets thrown around, Philip. What do the indications look like? Hey, we've got some green showing up, Dave. Not, not huge numbers, but at least it's green. Uh, we've got the Dow up $61, which is a little less than two-tenths of a percent. Uh, we got the S&P 500 up a tenth of a percent right now, a little over $4. And we got the NASDAQ up 10 bucks. You can say that's really flat right now, less than a tenth of a percent up. So, uh, so things are at least green on that front. But guess what? They're green on the commodities front too. Gold and silver are both up. Um, silver's up a third of a percent. Gold's up two tenths of a percent. Still relatively low compared to what they have been in the last uh, month or so. And then we've got crude oil. Man, it has taken a jump, Dave. It's up 1% to $73.59 a barrel. That's up almost 75 cents a barrel from where it closed last night. I have to assume that's just intuitive guesses at demand. The AAA says that they're expecting the 4th of July weekend to be the biggest travel holiday in history in cars. So expected demand does contribute, doesn't it? Absolutely does. I mean, that's what drives everything, supply and demand. That'd be true. Generally greening, just modest amounts in the Asian rim at the close early this morning. Europe is kind of observing the vote of Brexit in England. It's the anniversary they took that referendum. British markets are up by about half a percent. The mainland market is going, oh, geez, French and German markets are both off fractionally this morning. Philip, looking at retirement, and we're looking at retirement inside the next five years, the strategy is different than it is if you're 20 years out. Getting advice for what to do with your money is important. How do I find you to get that? Devin, give us a call at 863-382-0037. Check out our website, statlerfinancial.com, and then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730. All righty, and back here again tomorrow morning on Light FM. Philip, thank you so much. We'll see you then. All right, man. You have a great day. Be well, my friend. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services, Philip Statler. Wait and see. You know, when you can't predict the future, that can be a good strategy. But wait and see isn't always a good strategy when it comes to your retirement. In these uncertain times, the decisions you make today regarding your savings and investments can have a huge impact on your retirement. Philip Statler and the team at Statler Financial have seen the market at its highs, its lows, and everywhere in between. They know how emotional it can be for you right now. So here's what they're doing. They're clearing their schedule to talk with you on the phone or on a video call to listen to what concerns you have and then offer help. The number to call is 863-285-3815. They are local and independent advisors who can help guide you through this.